Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director of Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats, and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Drake lands his 12th number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 with Slime You Out, his new collaboration with SZA. He now ties two legendary acts for the fifth most number ones in the chart's history. Can you guess who they are? Well, think about it for a second, because <laughs> we're going to tell you in a few minutes. Plus, Rod Wave becomes only the second artist with a new number one album in each of the last three years on the Billboard 200, as his new nostalgia debuts atop the list. And finally... Music icon Willie Nelson adds a new chart accolade to his very deep list of achievements as he notches his first number one on Billboard's Bluegrass Albums chart. I know you come here for pop, but we are also (laughs) going to come here for the Bluegrass shop. You might be surprised by how many other genre charts Willie Nelson has visited over the years. Well, stay tuned for our recap in just a moment. And it's not just the bluegrass shop this week, it's the sports shop. Hey! (laughs) Because also on the show, we'll be talking all about Usher landing this year's Super Bowl halftime headlining gig for February 2024, and what we think about this decision. Plus... Taylor Swift was at a football game this weekend. I don't know if you heard about that. It was hard not to hear about it. (laughs) We'll talk all about Taylor's uh, new sports fandom in just a minute. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. I mean, Taylor Swift has visited so many football stadiums over the past year. Including the one she went to on Sunday. Um, <laughs> for well, the Aero Store. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Before we get started with all the all the scripted stuff, I wanted to bring up two things that popped up on my social media, one of which is actually apparently old that Katie has informed me about, but yet <laughs> it's new to me, much like NBC's must-see TV lineup in, in the 90s. If you hadn't seen it yet, even though it was a repeat, it was new to you. It's new to you. So uh, What a reference. I'm old. <laughs> so, Are we all? Um, <laughs> Let's talk about NSYNC. <laughs> By the way, um, so this group that started in the 1990s, um, I'm being fed so much NSYNC in my social yes. media algorithms. Isn't it great? I, there was a clip of NSYNC <laughs> performing in 1995. Oh, and you, you have to pause for an NSYNC performance video always. Well, yeah. You have so, to. But apparently it was at like Lance's high school. Oh, my God. When he was 16. Wow. And Justin, I think, was 14. Wow. Chris was 24. Yeah, if it was 1995, this is very early days. Um, but they sang, um, oh, it's a, I should have known. What was the, the song? Uh, oh, yeah. That, I, I, I think that's what it's called. Yes. Um, they did a cappella. And then I swear, I'm swiping through, just normal swiping and in Instagram. I get the same a cappella performance. Well, no, not the same performance. Another a cappella performance of, I think, that same song from the year 2000 when they were on Saturday Night Live. Mm. And it was another a cappella performance. And I think most people, and Chris explained this on Hot Ones, when uh, the the host asked Chris to explain, you know, what makes a good sort of boy band vocal group. And Chris explained, you know, we all have different 
ranges that we hit within the band in terms she, of our vocal abilities. That was a great explanation. I'm going off of topic real quick. I mean, it's well, this on is, topic. None of this is scripted. But, but just in, I thought his Hot Ones answer was great about why NSYNC really worked so well. And one of the reasons because everyone knew their spot and their role in the group. Yeah. And that was Chris's point. So Chris was the tenor, the high tenor. He did all the high parts. Lance, bass, bass was the low parts. And everybody in between had their had their spots and they knew JC and Justin were going to do lead and it just like that is not how a boy band is formed now now no. now it's uh you know x factor like you think of fifth harmony you think of one they direction they cited one direction yeah it's mm-hmm. a, it's one direction is, it's five leads it's five lead soloists and then they all went on to you know have their solo careers which is not how and it transpired for NSYNC. like spice girls were formed to find five individual members i'm not sure if they were like looking for people who could do a five part harmony in that group i don't think they were no um so anyway my I, what i was getting to a completely none of these things were the things I was trying to talk about there was another clip where Joey Fatone of NSYNC was at some 90s convention like a week or so ago I guess it was yes it was uh, not it was the weekend after the VMAs when NSYNC reunited to present Taylor Swift an award at the show so Billboard has already reported on this news I clearly did not know that so I thought this was sort of new and I shared it with Katie so Joey was on a panel and he said First, he said, well, I can't talk about the song, not really acknowledging, but acknowledging the SAG strike. He did say, you know, that if fans want an album, go scream at Sony and RCA. Mm -hmm. Tell them, Mm -hmm. which I found interesting, which I'll circle back to in a second. And he said, with regards to a tour, he said... Well, Justin has his own album, and I assume he's going to tour, and so we would probably have to wait until after that. So two things here. Mm -hmm. One, why do we have to go tell Sony? Does that mean NSYNC is still contractually obligated? If they release a new album, they have to release it through Sony and RCA, and thus they are waiting for Sony and RCA to, one, tell them to make an album, or we want an album, and in turn— if they do want an album, how much money do they actually have to pay in sync? Because yeah. they're probably still under a very lucrative contract from a long time ago. So yeah. there's got to be a lot of contractual things there mm-hmm. that are preventing them from releasing an album. Two, we're not preventing them, but probably making it very cost prohibitive sure. for it to even be a legitimate endeavor in the year 2023. And number two is that Justin Timberlake has yet to announce this so solo Joey album just that let, Joey let the cat out of the bag. Um, we, I think we've known he's working on music, and obviously he put out that song with Timbaland and Nelly Furtado, so he's been actively making music, but I don't think we knew that a, uh, a Justin Timberlake... <laughs> I don't think we knew that a Justin Timberlake album was coming um, for sure. And thanks, Joey. Yes, obviously it is. <laughs> and uh, obviously, Justin's probably made clear, like, I got to get this other thing out before I can do an NSYNC thing. <sighs> OK, so I'm going to move on to chart stuff now. And the other thing I wanted to bring up, I'll oh, bring yeah. up at the end. OK, that's fine. So just wait. Just wait. <laughs> There's two things I wanted to bring up. The other thing I'll just tease until the end. <laughs> and then I'll, prom- I'll promptly forget about it. <laughs> All right, let's do the chart chat. First up. Drake and Scissors Slime You Out debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, marking the 12th number one for Drake and the second for SZA. In the United States, in the week ending September 21st, the song drew 32.6 million streams, sold 2,000 downloads, and garnered 5.2 million in radio airplay audience impressions. 
It bows at number one on the streaming songs chart and at number 29 on the digital song sales chart, but misses the radio songs airplay chart. And I cite those three charts because those are the three component feed charts the hot 100. that feed into the Hot 100. Again, it's another example of a number one hit that radio hasn't really bothered to play yet and maybe not even has been had it promoted to them yet. <laughs> uh, Slime You Out is Drake is from Drake's upcoming album For All the Dogs, which is expected to be released on October 6th. I say expected because we expected it a week or so ago and then he pulled the rug out from under us. <laughs> and I love, I just love, I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to say it again. I just love the fact that like he posted on social media that he had to delay the album or he was going to have to cancel concert dates because the album wasn't finished yet. Yeah. Thus, I'm like, don't announce an album date if you haven't finished the album. This is correct. Full stop. No, there was a gun to his head on the other side of that uh, announcement video where he they they said tour or album, <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. Just don't look. We we I realize. We're joking, but like hip like the the world of hip hop lives on hip hop time where you you are constantly recording and you want to put out the freshest material possible and for the most part you know we always hear stories about how you know artists will deliver an album like a day or so before an album drops or a week maybe then that's why we never get physical copies mm. from them blah 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 mm -hmm. but like don't announce a date like you didn't need to announce a date unless yeah. you were trying to scare someone off from that release date and he wasn't because it's Drake why would you anyway moving on <laughs> So with a 12th Hot 100 number one, Drake ties the Supremes and Madonna for the fifth most number ones in the history of the Hot 100. <sighs> you know, I'm old enough to remember when Drake didn't even have one, one, one. solo number one because he had Rihanna's What's Your Name or... Um, let me try that again. What? Wait. What's my name? What's my name? I'm like, what's your name? That doesn't sound right. Oh, Nana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's your name? Um, what's but yeah, your name? I remember when What's My Name was his lone number one for a long time, and he did not have his own number one and until, what was it, One Dance? Was that the first one? Uh, Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, but now, now he's got a record, you know, tying it's number one. It's amazing what streaming can do. <laughs> it is indeed. It is. Uh, next. Oh, wait. I, did, I need to mention uh, ahead of them, ahead of these. Yes, because they have the fifth most. The fifth most. Right. So ahead of them are Michael Jackson with 13 number ones, Rihanna with 14, Mariah Carey with 19, and The Beatles with 20. There you go. Next up. If, oh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say real quick, looking at that list of names, it's like, of course, Rihanna could have more. Of course, Mariah could have more when you think about maybe putting out some new Christmas music or something. The Beatles, we've heard rumors about Paul McCartney talking about an AI Beatles song. These people could actually get more, which is kind of crazy. And hey, Madonna could get more, too. That's true. I was just referring to people in front of them. Okay. But you're right. She could, Keith. I'm, I'm fairly the confident. Supremes the Supremes and Michael Jackson are probably not, unless they pull something from the vault for MJ. I mean, Michael Jackson did get a top 10 with Drake a couple years ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. So, oh, yeah. There are samples and interpolations to we, think about. We just need Drake to do another Michael Jackson collab and, <laughs> and make it stick. Uh, next, over on the Billboard 200 albums chart, singer-rapper Rod Wave debuts at number one with his new effort titled Nostalgia. The set launches with 137,000 equivalent album units earned, his biggest week yet. The artist previously topped the chart in 2022 with Beautiful Mind and in 2021 with Soulfly. In turn, he's just the second artist 
to have logged a new number one album in each of the last three years. Ooh, who's so, the first? Who's the first? So in 2023, <laughs> 2022, and 2021, uh, at least one new number one that year, not something that carried over from right. one year to another. Right. Uh, and the other artist is Taylor Swift. Well, Taylor's on like the prolific rapper timeline now, you know? I mean, she <laughs> one is. or two a year. But she, but she delivers her masters a lot sooner. Uh, <laughs> she's got that physical. She's you know make, that physical is going to be there. Vinyls and cassettes. <laughs> uh, she hit number one earlier this year with Speak Now, Taylor's version. She also reached number one in 2022 with Midnight's. And in 2021 with two different new number ones Red, Taylor's version, and Fearless, Taylor's version. Also, for good measure, Taylor is the only artist with new number ones in the last five years, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. We assume that she might have another number one in the coming weeks. Yeah, very. So she'll have a couple this year, and then we still got two more to re-record, Taylor. Don't still forget, happening. Don't forget that Christmas EP re-record. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, music legend Willie Nelson may be best known for being a country superstar icon. But some might not realize he's visited many other Billboard album genre charts outside of the top country albums tally, where he's racked up a record 53 top 10s, hmm. with 18 of them hitting number one. This week, Nelson visits Billboard's Bluegrass Albums chart for the first time as the aptly titled Bluegrass album. Oh, he wasn't. He wasn't <laughs> leaving any mystery to that one. <laughs> uh, debuts at number one. Here's a recap of some of Billboard's other genre-specific album charts that Willie Nelson has visited over the years, aside from top country albums. We've got the Blues Albums chart. He reached number two in the year 2000 with the Milk Cow Blues album. The Kid Albums chart. We have, a, we have a chart just for children's music. Hit number seven with The Rainbow Connection in 2001. It's a family-friendly uh, album where uh, the very first song on the album is a cover of Kermit the Frog's Rainbow Connection. Uh, and it continues on through the sequence of the album where it's sort of uh, the, it chronologically meant to um, talk about issues that children and then younger people and then adults would face through oh, their wow. life. So it's that's why I think it was termed a family project. By the way, I just got a press release this morning saying it's coming out on vinyl. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, reggae albums. <laughs> Did not know this. Hit number one with Countryman okay. in 2005. Traditional jazz albums. Hit number one four different times with Two Men with the Blues with Wynton Marsalis in 2008 here we go again, celebrating the genius of Ray Charles with Wynton Marsalis and friend of the podcast, Dora Jones, mm -hmm. in 2011. Summertime, Willie Nelson sings Gershwin in 2016, and That's Life in 2021. He also hit number two with My Way in 2018. Wait, we're not done yet. Americana folk albums. Probably not that surprising uh, that Willie's placed a number of albums on this list, considering the genre of music and how it, you know, oft oftentimes, you know. Overlaps uh, with country. Yes. Uh, so Last Man Standing hit number one in 2019. Ride Me Back Home hit number one in 2019 as well. And First Rose of Spring hit number one in 2020. So what genre charts might Willie Nelson hit next? Maybe top dance electronic albums, top rock albums. I mean, if Dolly Parton can make a rock album. Album. He's homies with Snoop Dogg. Let's make rap al albums. Rap. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's make it happen. 
And now it's time for our sports segment. This just in. Some sort of sports center jingle. Um, so Usher has been announced as the headliner of the 2024 Apple Music Super Bowl halftime show. And uh, this news came out Sunday on Football Sunday before all the games. And uh, let's let's hear from Usher here. He said, it's an honor of a lifetime to finally check a Super Bowl performance off my bucket list. I can't wait to bring the world a show unlike anything else they've seen from me before. Thank you to the fans and everyone who made this opportunity happen. I'll see you real soon. Hmm. It's funny he mentioned the fans because there were fan petitions for Usher to perform at the Super Bowl halftime. So I think he really thinks that those petitions came through. (laughs) Jay-Z saw the petitions. Do we really think they had anything to do with it? (laughs) I don't know. Um, Usher also announced that his ninth album, Coming Home, will arrive on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, It'll be his first album. How convenient. Yes. We haven't actually had one of those kind of like timed things in a while where you actually drop a brand new album right around the Super Bowl. I feel like there have been a lot of tour announcements around the Super Bowl performance recently. Um, And then there's been... Like, this is not quite the same, but there's been, like, Beyonce dropping Formation on a Saturday and performing it at Super Bowl Sunday with Coldplay's, you know, show the next day. Yeah. And stuff like that. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, like, you know, last year we had, um, sorry. No new music from Rihanna? <laughs> well, yeah, Rihanna didn't have new music. Well, I mean, she had, like, a recently released song. That, that she didn't yeah, perform. Right. And then the year before that, we had Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick. And I think of all of them, I think Snoop had a new album that was right around that, and Mary J. had a new album that was recent. Yes. Um, but the year before that, The Weeknd, his new album at the time, I think, was a Greatest Hits package. And then the year before that, Shakira and J-Lo. They announced, a, I think there was mm-hmm. tour news that yeah. came out about J-Lo that day. But what Usher is doing is... Like, he is the solo headliner. Yep. He has a brand new album coming out that weekend. Um, And that used to be kind of the normal pattern. Like, back in the day, it's like, usually there would be, like, we've got a brand new album that's about to come out, Mm -hmm. and this is our biggest platform for advertising. So it's kind of old-fashioned what Usher is doing. You know what? I think the pick of Usher is a little old-fashioned, and I like it. I mean— most people that play the Super Bowl are going to be considered old-fashioned because you have to have enough of a catalog and reach to play the Super Bowl. Yeah, and so let's let's put it out there right now that I think a lot of the um, chatter around this decision, a lot of people are thinking, you know, Usher hasn't had, a, you know, a, a big hit in a while. Like, a, I think that this is a lot of, there's a lot of nostalgia around this pick versus, like, current relevancy. Having said that, he just uh, is in the middle right now. Actually, he's, I think, wrapping in December a Las Vegas residency that has been really hyped up. Like, people are super into this residency. And I think that it's making people, you know, give Usher a second look and like, oh, right, Usher. Like, we haven't maybe given him enough flowers for what he's accomplished. We haven't given Usher his flowers. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean— uh, I'm 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 not going to jump in because you probably still have more to say. Well, I I just want to like I feel like the this is a performance forward pick in my opinion. Like he is a performer. He puts on you know these like master classes in choreography every time he hits the stage. He is like very precise about his dance moves, precise about his stage movements, etc. Like I think we are going to get like a spectacle of a show from him. Like 
Yes, there will be production. Yes, there will be other dancers. Yes, there will be lasers. But there will be Usher. Can't forget the lasers. The centerpiece. And uh, having said this, um, you know, he actually, it's funny, his statement said that he wanted to check a Super Bowl performance off his bucket list. He's already performed. He's been on the Super Bowl stage before. He actually uh, performed one song with the Black Eyed Peas. No one one really wants to remember that performance. Well, so in 2011, the Black Eyed Peas headlined. It was a little rough. It was a little Um, rough. I actually, I, I thought it was a fun choice at the time. Like, they had so much upbeat, you know. Oh, on paper, it makes sense. On paper, it made it, sense. It, it, it just it didn't totally work on Correct. Stage. So Usher popped out to do OMG, which at the time was his big hit. He had Will released it the year prior. Huge. Will I Am is featured in it, and he also produced it. And he came out, and he did that one song. Now, I went back, and I watched it yesterday. And the... Like, is it better than we remember? Well, I watched Usher. Okay. I specifically fast-forwarded to Usher's one song, and he literally comes in, does OMG, and and pieces out. So, like, that's it. But this one song was, like, epic. And to my point about choreography, like, the choreography is insane. And he even ends the performance by jumping over Will I Am. Will I Am is on a staircase. Usher leaps over Will I Am and lands in the splits. Yeah, I you might need to turn my mic down for all of that excitement. But um, he landed in the splits. I don't know if we all remember this. Well, I, because we were too busy being like, "What is happening with the Black Peas?" <laughs> you, you you forget like you. I mean, it's kind of like trying to remember some of those Super Bowl performances from yesteryear, where you're like, "Wait, so there was In Sync, Aerosmith, Britney Spears." Oh, I mean, I revisited the Mary Justin uh, Timberlake Janet infamous thing yesterday, also, and, and you forget that like I was like Jessica Simpson is here, Diddy, Nelly, Diddy? like they Why? were all there. How they yeah. all got like and what, it's like all we seconds? remember is that all single we moment is the moment. I implore you to check out Usher's moment because I think it'll get everyone excited for his halftime show because it's crazy and it's good. Okay. So. Okay, let's start with I, I've been I've been rambling and not letting Keith talk at all. What mm-hmm. what 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 chatter did you see out there, Keith? Well, I mean, so when the news broke, I I think I was initially I think surprised because I'm not sure if we ever mentioned Usher in any of our conversations on the podcast where we, we did not. about people. We did not. We were thinking about kind of everyone but him, and I think that's our bad. I think that's kind of the vibe with Usher. I think everyone thinks about everyone but Usher. But, but here's the reason why. Okay. And I was looking through, I was trying to figure out why we've all sort of kind of collectively kind of forgotten. Like put him in a tier that's not at the Super Bowl tier, basically. is the, I think that's well, the mindset. So t- just two years ago, the headliners were Dre, Eminem, Snoop. Kendrick and Mary J. Yeah. Most of those people haven't had like a true huge pop hit in a minute. Yeah. Like Eminem had a hit like Juice World or something. You know, like there were some. And but, Kendrick is like winning Grammys yes. currently. But and, Dre yes. was ostensibly the headliner of that performance. Right, right. And Dre hasn't put out like a pop major hit in ages. Right. So that was kind of a lot of nostalgia. Yes. But it also kind of made sense considering that the. Super Bowl was in SoFi, which is in Inglewood, and it kind of made sense, Compton, yada, yada. Anyway, yes. but I think there, there, there is this vibe of, oh, Usher hasn't had a hit in a long time, which is actually true but not true. Basically, for the last 10 years, Usher hasn't had a pop hit, like anything, like a major, like a top 10 on the pop. I've, I've written this down, so I will not get it wrong, so I don't okay. want anyone coming for me. <laughs> um, let me... Make the text bigger because I'm blind. Um, so, Usher has had 53 
Hot 100 hits, 18 of which hit the top 10, and nine of those were number ones. However, nine number ones. Continue. However, he has had he's not had a top 10 since 2012 Scream, yeah. and his last number one was OMG yeah. in 2010 with Will I Am. He has not had a top 10 on our streaming songs chart. Period. Hasn't had a top 10 on the pop airplay chart since 2012 with Scream. And his last solo proper album was Hard to Love, which peaked at number five on the Billboard 200 in 2016. So any way you measure those things for kind of the pop crowd, the general streaming audience, or the wide album chart, he's been kind of absent Mm -hmm. in those regions. Mm -hmm. And I said the the vibe, I think, is that Usher was a cross-genre force from 1997 to, like, 2012. Yeah. And that's an incredible 15-year run with— Huge pop smashes that were also R&B hits that everyone remembers from MTV and Top 40 Radio and yes. R&B Radio, like My Way, Nice and Slow, You Make Me Wanna, You Remind Me, You Got It Bad, You Don't Have to Call, Yeah, Burn, Confessions, Part 2, My Boo, Caught Up, Love in This Club, OMG, DJ God Has Fallen in I Love. I love that song. That song f- had a stranglehold on me. It, me too. I don't know why. Me too. Literally, I think it's the most played song in my iTunes at home. Everyone loved OMG so much, and I was all about DJ, DJ Gotta, Gotta Fall in Love again. Tonight. Yes. The DJ Gotta I loved fall it. Well, and also everything that you just said, he's had so many different eras too, like, you know, when he first came out, and then I feel like the, you know, the Confessions era, and then when you talk about OMG and DJ Gotta Fall in Love, was almost like an electronic era for him. But then it kind of stopped. And then it stopped. And then it stopped. And from 2012 onwards, he's still been making hits, but they have mostly been in the world of our R&B charts. Mm-hmm. He's been a force on R&B airplay charts, our adult R&B charts. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of graduated into more of a, uh, you know, kind of R&B elder statesman of yeah. mu- music. And I think that's why, because he hasn't, he's not just, he's just not front of mind with yes. a lot of people. And I, I hope I, this puts him front of mind. And I think it's also unfair because I think, you know, I was looking at some of the previous performers at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I was going back to, I mean, I was going back to some of the earliest kind of, uh, earliest of the as we know it now Super Bowl uh-huh. halftime show. Yeah. Diana Ross. A supreme. Legend. Legend. She headlined the show in 1996. She was the sole performer. At that point, her first Hot 100 hit was in 1962, so it had been 32 years. By the way, Usher, his first hit on the Hot 100 was in... Dun, dun, dun... 97, 6? 1994. Four? Yeah. Oh, he was a baby. Yes. He truly was a baby. He was like 14. He still has the same face. So uh, his, fir- <laughs> his very first Billboard hit was in 1993. His first Hot 100 hit was in 1994. So basically, he his span of longevity is just as long as Diana Ross's was That's when wild. Diana Ross played. And at the time, when Diana Ross played the Super Bowl, she had not had a hit on the Hot 100 since— 1986. Yeah. And she hadn't had a top 10 since 1985. So it's, it really checks out. But I think, I, I think, I, I wonder, I wonder at the time, was the reaction like, oh, Diana Ross, she hasn't had a hit in a while? Or was it like, oh, wow, it's Diana Ross? See, there's like a math to like the nostalgia of it, it all. Is. You're talking there about Dr. Dre. Like, and I think that everyone immediately put that as like 2000 and, and uh, before. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to hear all my favorite songs from like 2000 and before that from Dr. Dre. And they're like, yes, that's amazing. And then with Usher, they're like, mm, he hasn't had a hit. And it's like, what? What? Like, get your nostalgia caps on for yes. Usher. 
because he deserves it. Much in the same way where if NSYNC were performing, we'd be oh like, nostalgia. Again, and it's, that's literally the era that they came from, but they had like a little miniature three-year window versus Usher's 15 years of hits. I think, uh, I mean, uh, I look forward to a halftime show that is filled with DJ Got Us Fallen In Love, OMG. If he does not perform like good two minutes of yeah I will throw the oh, TV out the window he's gotta uh, we did a dream set list on <laughs> billboard.com he has to end with yeah Lil John and Ludacris have to be there yes. I've seen that performance in Vegas before I was there with you yes and it is an amazing performance at all times it at all years at the all roof off wherever yes, you're at we need that like that is a need I honestly would be fine without any other guests I only need Lil John and Ludacris for yeah yeah I, no we don't need anyone Usher else. can do everything else mm-hmm. like I like Alicia Keys he can do part of my boo. He doesn't need her there. She doesn't need to be there. I mean, <laughs> if she wants to be there, great. But well, it, I am sorry. You, we already did this. We saw that show. And we know Usher's <laughs> going to do a new song, we assume, from his brand new album. I hope he doesn't do too much new, because one moment that we did have in Vegas, that exact same show, is he did, like, all of his new album, and we're like, bro, you're leaving a lot of hits on the table. But he can't do that for Super Bowl, well, right? Well, when Lady Gaga performed, she was it was nothing but the hits, 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 and she did a million reasons. And got a bump out of it. Yeah, for her current album yeah so yeah. you know you, you be strategic Slip in, about it. yeah be strategic make and make it a spectacular visual moment at the same time yes. so that we remember the moment even if the song itself doesn't catch fire so then the real question is will the chiefs be playing in the super bowl <laughs> therefore taylor swift is in the suite watching travis she, and, kelsey and she can go sing the national anthem <laughs> i mean i think she'd just be there for her personal life not for her professional life yeah but imagine the ratings <laughs> that will be increased the chiefs were literally in uh they won last year's super bowl they oh, won. They did? Yes, they. This, this is not a <laughs> far. Oh, they did. I'm yeah. like, I watched the Super Bowl halftime show. Didn't know. Who Had was no. Playing. Yeah. So the Chiefs played last year. One and and uh, so this is not far fetched. Okay. Like Travis Kelsey, very 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 realistically could be playing in the Super Bowl. So that's this is how I bring it back around to sports. Oh, why this this tra- <laughs> his name is Travis. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Is he the quarterback? No, he is a tight end. So Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. <laughs> oh. See, look at all the wordplay she has waiting for her for new songs about him. That is tied in. <laughs> Sorry, I just giggled. I'm just. He just, can confirm just a, there was giggling. Just, just a gay man giggling about <laughs> some football players tied in. He's a receiver. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I'm just telling you the literal sports terminology, Keith. I can't. I can't. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback of the Chiefs, oh, and that he guy. throws I, to Travis Kelsey, who catches the ball for touchdowns. I like the way you clean that sentence up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, are they, I was just wondering. Um, <laughs> what were you wondering, Keith? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of this Patrick Mahomes guy yes. for some reason. I don't know why. Because he's a very famous quarterback is why he's every commercial and every sporting event ever. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, I don't watch any of these things. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm lucky I know who Tom Brady is. Um, <laughs> is uh, Travis... Travis Kelsey. Is is he close to age uh, as Taylor? Oh, actually, I don't know his age. So I, here I, I go. I, 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 that was, I mean, that's dumb. I just kind of wondered. I'm like, oh, they kind of look like they might be the, sort of the same age. Um, Yes, they are uh, the exact same age. Oh, wait. I read something. He was born in 1989. There like, you go. Right? They're both 33. There I didn't go. know that part. I did see an amazing comment on TikTok about this, though, that said 87, which is Travis's number, plus 13 equals 100. So meant to be <laughs> because it's like the perfect 100. Yes. Yes. Mm. It equals not just 100. It equals the 100 emoji. 
Oh, right. right. Uh, okay, that concludes our sports recap. <laughs> Anytime we can work in uh, receiver and tight end. Oh my god! Podcast. I'm I, here for it. <laughs> um, wait, so that is that it? That's Are we truly done? it. Yes. Okay, and now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Earlier, we talked about how Drake has now tied Madonna and the Supremes for the fifth most number ones on the Hot 100. And we mentioned the acts that are ahead of them. Michael Jackson with 13, Rihanna with 14, Mariah Carey with 19, and the Beatles with 20. But Katie, while these artists have had many number ones, there are still a galaxy of stars that have yet to capture a single number one song on the Hot 100. So Katie, which of these artists have not hit number one on the Hot 100? Your choices are Missy Elliott, Sway Lee, or Janelle Monet. I mean, uh, Lady Marmalade went to number one, right? Wasn't it, Missy Elliott on that? Lady Marmalade did go to number one. Okay, so it's not Missy Elliott then. That is, uh, that, so that, did Funs, uh, <laughs> uh, did Funs, uh, We Are Young not go to number one then? <clears throat> Featuring Janelle Monet? It did. Okay, was Missy Elliott not featured on Lady Marmalade? That is correct. She's not on Lady Marmalade. She's not, well, she's not She's credited. just in the music video. That's correct. Wow. So Missy Elliott would be the answer. I'm like, Missy. well, here's their number one. Here's their number one. Sway Lee was on Sunflowers. That's Jenna right. was on Fun. M- Missy Elliott's never had a number wow. one. Wow. Okay, well, color me surprised. She spent 10 weeks at number two with Work It. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, well, there you have it. A little, a little uh, quiz, Katie, because I love doing it. Not really a chart stat of the week. It's more of a chart quiz Katie Cat stat of the week. <laughs> All right. We've reached the end of our big show. I'm going to go out with a song that is actually coming out this Thursday. Uh, it's, I, I, don't, I don't have a preview of it. You're going to play like the snippets? Okay, yeah. Is that okay? I think so. It's just it's brief. Well, okay. You got enough? Well, I mean, I guess we'll find out. So <laughs> just I'm, loop it. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just, I, I mean, okay, so let's just say what it is. There is a new Rolling Stones song coming out this Thursday with Lady Gaga and Stevie Wonder. Yes. Um, the name of it is Sweet Sounds of Heaven. Uh, the Rolling Stones teased a snippet of it uh, on social media recently. That is all we have. I'm going to play that as we go out. You'll hear the whole song this Thursday. And then check out Hackney Diamonds when it's released by the Rolling Stones. Mick, would you like to be a guest on the Pop Shop? Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Uh, All right. See you guys next time. Bye. 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 Bye.